Hey everybody, and welcome back to Solo Mom in It. It's like 5.30 in the morning, and I'm groggy, and I'm sleepy, and I'm about to try to get ready for my day. <laughs> Yesterday was a really difficult day for me. Um, I usually have pretty good days. However, as a solo mom, we always have those times where we are just going through it. And I've learned that when I start getting overwhelmed and I'm in my feelings and I'm emotional, that I just have to disconnect. And I just disconnect from everybody because people don't get it. And here's the thing that people don't get, and I'm not going to make this a woe is me podcast. I'm not going to make this a woe is me segment. I just want to make this like a really true, I guess, window to what I experience on a daily basis. People don't understand that the weight of the world literally feels like it's on our shoulders right I'm going through some things in my job where I'm being undervalued and underappreciated and it's demoralizing but then on top of that to add insult to injury I'm paid substantially less and I'm asked to do substantially more than my counterparts So it's insulting because when I'm at work, I'm asked to be superwoman. And then when I come home, I'm expected to be superwoman. So there's never an opportunity for me to unplug. There's never an opportunity for me to disconnect from reality because I am expected to be all things in all places. So my little sanctuary is when I go to the gym and I work out and I'm trying to do something for me. But then as soon as that 45 minutes, that hour is over and I've given all of that I can in that space, I'm walking out and I'm going to pick up my son from the daycare at the gym and I'm going right back into my next job of feeding him, of making dinner, of giving him a bath and you know people don't realize what the expectation is right and they diminish it because you make it seem so easy you make it seem as people like to say you make it seem so effortless oh you can deal with this you can handle it but never taking consideration that I should not be handling and I should not be dealing with certain things so yeah I've just been going through that and so it was interesting that I was having a conversation with someone and they were like you know I've experienced the same thing and on my job and I was going through this and I was going through that but I said F it and I just quit And first of all, the person that I was talking to, (laughs) they got to say, forget it and walk out. But they made 
a lot of money. They had no children. They had somebody who would support them in the event that things were to go awry. I don't have that luxury. For me, I'm totally fine with walking out of a a position or walking out of a job not knowing what's necessarily going to happen next but now I don't have that luxury because I got a kid (laughs) so I don't have that luxury of just being able to walk away and I think that that is the unfortunate situation of solo parenting Um, co-parenting is different And that's why I encourage people all the time to, if you can, improve a relationship with your child's other parent, improve that relationship. And it doesn't mean that y'all have to be best friends, but as long as you all can be cordial, as long as you all are operating at the best interest of your children, you have that safety net to say that if something goes wrong for me, I have somebody who will pick up the pieces for my child. I don't get that. So, I always tell parents, one, try to work it out for the sake of your children. Two, try to work it out for the sake of your children. And three, put your feelings aside and focus on what's important for your children. Because, for instance... In my son, in my case, my son's dad and I continued, if we had continued to communicate, which I still do continue to bridge the gap of communication, but if he were open to it and um, engaging in it, then I definitely would be in all, all of support if he fell short. I've said it before, if you fall short, you can't take care of him financially right now cool I got it but I accept that reciprocal you know that reciprocity in return like if I fall short pick up where I need help and right now this would be one of those times where yo I'm stressed out at my job I'm dealing with a lot here at home can you pick up the slack I want to do a transition, like give me a month, give me two months, let me do a transition and then I will, you know, I'll I'll be back on top. I'll be back in 100 and that's what I need. No, I don't have that. So, I mean, like I said, I don't want to make this a woe is me. I just really wanted to talk things through because I was venting to people and people were not understanding where I was coming from, or maybe they just can't be empathetic because it sounds like whining, but it's hard, man. (laughs) It's hard trying to keep shit together and you the only one holding all the pieces together. It's hard. It's hard when you go into a place of employment and you are trying to give a hundred percent or you're trying to give your best or you're trying to get involved and then somebody else tells you that you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or you don't have a voice or you don't have value that's hard children are no children 
And so me being the person that I am, I'm very empathetic to the people that I work with because we have to spend time together. I tell them this all the time. We got to spend nine, nine hours together. Most weeks I spend more time with my goofy ass coworkers than I do with my child. (laughs) And so if I have to spend this much time with you, why the hell do I want to come here and be miserable? Why the hell do I want to come here and I can't talk to you? Why the hell do I come here and I don't want to be around you for those nine hours? That's insane. So I expect that in return. I support the people that I work with. I have their back. And I know people are like, that's crazy. I know some people say, you need to look out for yourself. I don't operate under that standard. I don't under I don't operate under that ideology. I operate under the ideology that I look out for other people. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. Most people don't operate under that facet. Most people operate as, I got to get mine at any means necessary. And when you operate like that, when you oper- when you tell the universe that I am selfish and I am self-centered and I don't care about anybody else, you tell the universe, based to me, I feel like you tell the universe, fuck you, I don't need nobody, I got this by myself. So the universe says, cool. But I operate under the standard that everybody deserves respect, everybody deserves to be valued, everybody deserves to be heard. Whether you got something to say or not, shoot, I'm on here right now talking and whatever I have to say may not be a value at all either but here we are I guess I'm just as everybody's saying right now I guess I'm just in my feelings because every time I'm trying to move ahead it's like I'm stepping into sinking sand and I really feel like, just truth be told, I feel like it's the universe reminding me that this is not where I'm supposed to be, right? Because I keep saying that there are things that I want to do and there are places that I want to be and this ain't it. So it's almost, just, it's just pushing me into doing what I should have been doing all along. So yeah. Yeah, it's just pushing me into doing what I was supposed to be doing. But, um, anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I want to talk about something positive. One of the things that really helps me get over the situations like this is meditation. And,. I had a friend, a friend and a colleague once say, like, they heard me talking about, like, you know, Taoism and Buddhism and, like, meditation and stuff like that. And they were like, you too young to be into that stuff. But the reality of the situation is I need, I needed to get to meditation in order to clear my mind and to also level set. So for me... A year ago, probably a year ago, around this time, um, no, before this, about a year and a half ago, I started um, getting back into meditation. And so I would 
look up like different meditation music and then I stumbled across Deepak Chopra and I've heard of him before in the past and um, I just was like well let me see what he's talking about so I looked up some of his um, he actually has albums like he has whole records of meditation guided meditation um, deep thinking stuff like that and I'm like also, we we dropping mixtapes, Deepak. Like, you you got the new mixtape out from Deepak. Like, that's how I felt for a minute. It was I'm finding these different you know music compilations and stuff, and I was just like blown away because it was it does take you to a different mental space. It takes you to a different cognitive space to where you are not focused on what is going wrong. You are focusing on healing and clearing your mind and I think that that is one thing for solo parents and people who are co-parenting and it's a struggle that we should do on a daily basis is yoga meditation and something that takes your mind away um even people like Wayne Dyer or Bob Proctor talk about the power of the mind, right? So I gave so much energy before to the negativity and even just in the last 10 minutes gave so much energy to the negativity that was going on in my life and I never was focusing on the positive things. I have a healthy child. I have a car. I have a great job financially. I have financially a great job. I'm going to be specific. But I control the world in which I live. And so meditation reminds me of that. It takes me back to the space of I'm in control of my feelings. I'm in control of what energy I put out. And because where energy flows, I'm sorry, where thoughts go, energy flows. So if my thoughts are in the negative, then my energy is going into the negative. But if my thoughts are shifted back into a positive world, then my energy is going to go in the positive. And I want to bring more positivity into my space. So I knew that I need to have something to help me level set. So that's what I do. So (laughs) I intentionally set my world up to where it's focusing around those things that bring me joy and happiness. For instance, I don't have a television in my room because the honest to God truth is I've never had a television in my room, even as a child. And then I had one in my room when I was an adult, when I first went to college, because I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a TV in my room because I'm a grown up. And then I had a TV in my room and I hated it because I felt like I was distracted when I was trying to go to sleep. So I take the television out of my room and now I have things like candles, I have eucalyptus oil and things that basically bring me calm and serenity. And I pick colors that are calming, nude colors, red tones, browns, oranges, things that are very tranquil because the intention is I'm trying to shift I'm trying to subconsciously convince my mind that I'm coming in here to sleep or in the rare occasion have sex. (laughs) But the reality of the situation is I wanted to have a space that was disconnected from the world, right? And I know that one day when I have my 
dream home and I have all the things that I'm going to acquire that one of the rooms I'm going to have is a yoga meditation room like a huge studio it's gonna be dope because I know that that is very important the daily practice of reconnecting with yourself and becoming grounded and as I'm continuing to talk like I feel more grounded I feel more in control of my situation because I took the power away from what was causing me pain and I'm shifting it to what brings me joy and I'm glad I want to you know kind of start wrapping up on this note that even though yesterday was hard yesterday was challenging today is a new day today is a new opportunity for me to be a better mom to me to be a better person for me to reaffirm to my son that he is important he is the most important thing in my life that no matter what I have to be the best version of me for him and I say that every time I close my blog on single mom stuff be the best version of you and being the best version of you means that you have to do some things that make you better whether that's working out, whether that's getting more education, whether that's focusing on your goals and your opportunities that make you a better person. But be the best version of you and fuck what everybody else is doing or fuck what everybody else is thinking because Jay-Z said it best, what they eat don't make you shit. It don't. What you think about me is your business. How you feel about me is your concern. I don't care. Because what I think about you is my business. You should not care what I think about you. You should not care how I feel about you. Because those are my feelings. Those are my thoughts. Those are my opinions. And they don't freaking matter at the end of the day. What matters is what you think about yourself. And I do think that I'm smart. And I do think that I'm brilliant. And I do think that I'm intelligent. And I do think that I'm powerful. And I do think that I'm filled with greatness. And I feel that everybody should feel the same way too. I've been telling my son since he was 18, 16 months old when he could really have repeat what I was saying. And he could have cognitive conversations with me. And I was telling him, you're the greatest, you're the smartest, you're the most brilliant, you're the most loving. And at first, it was just this thing to get him to repeat back to me. But then it subconsciously said into me that every time I tell him that, it's a reaffirmation that he is the greatest, he is the smartest, he is the best, he is the most brilliant. And the world is going to tell you that you're not. Society is going to tell you that you are not good enough. I had my my manager's manager tell me I wasn't smart enough because he wanted he the expectation was for me to be twice as good as him, twice as good as my peers, twice as good as everybody else. But what's crazy is that the world is going to tell you that you're not good enough if you're not better than the best. But you know what? Be the best version of you. So if that means that you got to be one step ahead of your enemies or those who wish you harm then be one step ahead of them but never tell yourself that you're not good enough always reaffirm that I am the greatest and people used to say Ali was arrogant for saying that but he was saying 
I I know that I'm the greatest. I know that I'm the most successful. I know that I'm going to beat you because in my mind, I'm telling myself that I've already won. And so for me, I have to reaffirm to myself and reconfirm. I don't even know how to say this, but I have to re remind myself, re remind myself that every day through yoga and meditation, through centering myself, that I am the greatest and nobody is going to take that away from me. And when someone tries to take it away from me, I can't get mad. I just got to be like, you know what? That means I got to train a little bit harder. That means that I need to shift whatever I'm doing or move some things out the way so I can be better than you, that I can show you that I'm already one step ahead of you. And that's what I'm doing is I'm taking my power back and I'm not going to keep telling people who I am. I'm going to start showing them. When somebody told me that I was never going to be able to write a book and I wrote a book and I self-published it, there were some flaws, there were some issues, there's, you know, the prints and things like that. There are things that could totally be improved, but you know what you can never take away from me? The fact that I'm a self-published author, that I'm a published author. The fact that I can sell my book on different platforms. The fact that I have a book. You can never take that away from me. Never. You can never tell me that I am not a published author. And so I say those things that I've overcome so many different obstacles in my way that even this one thing is not going to break me. And for all the people that I've kind of like closed the door on and I've for right now, I have to re get Recentered, And I have to get back to myself because I was giving too much energy and I was pouring into conversations that were not beneficial to my success. And so, yeah, sometimes you just need things like this. And I feel like this is definitely a good outlet for me to start talking about where I was in the beginning to where I am at the end of this conversation. And I just feel so much better. So next time on Solo Mom and It, um, I actually want to talk about fun stuff like relationships or the lack thereof, the party that's not happening. Um, and I want to have a guest on so we can talk about the interesting facets of dating with children, without children, um, dating in different communities and things like that. Because I think there's a huge stigma, and not even think I've experienced that there's a huge stigma when people find out that, oh, you're smart, you're funny, you have a lot going for you. And then as soon as I'm like, oh, and my son, they're like, oh, you got a kid. It just shifts the whole conversation. So I'll get into that next time. I appreciate you for listening, and I do want everybody to. Go out and find something that makes you happy today. Do something that's good for you so that you can continue to be the best version of you. And I will see you later. All right. I'm out.